again, a visa is just basically your hall pass for being able to live wherever you want to live. So it's nothing to be really afraid of. It's not, you don't really need to be afraid of the process and what all that needs to look like. Like it's just filling out a bit of paperwork. They just want to make sure that you're going to, that if you're living there, you're going to be paying your taxes and just make sure that you're not a criminal. Like it's not anything super crazy. Hey, my name is Jordan Gibberson. I'm a Texas girl living and thriving in London. The best thing I've ever done, moving abroad hands down and I'm passionate about helping others do the same. Are you curious about finding a job abroad? You're in the right place, friend. I'll teach you the tried and true secrets of how to make moving abroad a reality for you and how to live a fulfilling life once you get there. We'll cover topics like choosing the best visa for you, how to get a job offer in another country, how to get over your fear of moving abroad, and how to live a life you love once you get there. This is the Move Abroad Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Move Abroad podcast. Thanks for joining me. So today we're going to be talking about visas. So what they are, which one do I need, and how can I get one? Ah, visas. Visas are my love language and the bane of my existence all at the same time. Visas are basically just your hall pass to be able to live in whatever country you want to live in. If you don't already have a, you know, a passport, you're not a citizen of that country already. To be able to live abroad, a lot of times, again, you're going to need, you're going to need a visa if you're going to be living somewhere, if you are not already a citizen, like I mentioned before. So I'm living in London. I have to have a visa in order to work here. And then In the UK, after having a visa for five years, you can apply for what's called indefinite leave to remain. A lot of other countries have a similar thing if you live there for a certain number of years. And sometimes it depends on the type of visa that you have. Um, So some visas lead to permanent residency and some do not. So definitely, if you want to live somewhere permanently, you need to do research to figure out whether that visa leads to permanent residency. But the visa that I have, it does lead to permanent residency. So after five years, I get permanent residency. So it's called indefinitely to remain in the UK. And then after one year of permanent residency here, indefinitely to remain is what it's called, then I can get my British passport, get dual citizenship for US and UK, which I will do if I continue living here. So anyways, um, this whole conversation is on visas. So I hope it's not too overwhelming, but I just wanted you to have a quick overview of kind of what all the different types of visas were. Visas were something that were very confusing to me at the very beginning. And now it's, I mean, obviously a lot more familiar for me. I remember one time I was talking to our, he was like one of the co-founders of the company that I'm working for. We're like a public company on the NASDAQ. Like he is super high up in the company. I was having this conversation with him and I was telling him about visas because he was asking like, oh, you're American, but you're living in London. I was like, yeah, you guys are sponsoring me. Um, And he was asking me about it. And I joked around and I said, oh, like I've just, I just know so much about visas by now. I've had like I think like five different visas by now. I said, I honestly feel like I could be an immigration lawyer at this point. Um, And we, the company, we deal with like lawyers a lot and the type of work that I do. And he did not find that joke very funny. I find it very funny because I'm like, I just know so much about it. I've had to know so much about it that now I feel like I'm just an expert. Um, But anyways, he didn't find that joke very funny. So maybe you don't find it funny, but I still find it funny. So I feel like I can almost be an immigration lawyer with how much I know about visas. But every country has similar types of visas, but they'll have different rules and could be confusing. If you're thinking, if you don't know where you want to move abroad yet, 
do not start looking at visas because you're just going to get extremely confused. You need to figure out what country you want to move to first. You don't necessarily have to know what city you want to move to, but you need to decide what country you want to move to before you start looking into visas because it will just get super confusing. Um, Maybe you could pick a couple that you really want to move to. If you look into different types of visas in different countries, I just feel like it could get a little bit confusing for you. So um, once you know kind of what country you want to move to, then you can see what type of visas they offer and the different qualifications that you will need in order to get that visa. So I'm just going to run through... First, I'm going to just give a quick overview of what a visa actually is. So like I said, it's just basically a hall pass for being able to live in the country that you want to live in. So if you're not just visiting, but if you're going to be living there for a more extended period of time. Some people from some countries around the world do have to get a visa in order to travel places. So maybe you've been to a country, like if you've ever been to Bali, for example, then you have to get a travel visa. It's not that hard to get, but most visas, if you're going to be living somewhere, it takes a bit more preparation and it takes a bit more time. Sometimes it's just like a stamp basically in your passport that says what dates you're allowed to be in that specific country. Um, A lot of countries are getting electronic visas. Like my visa now is electronic. The one that I had before was, it was a, a card basically. And I had a printed thing in my passport for a little while as well. So there are a lot of different types of visas, like a lot. It's almost a little bit overwhelming. Um, There's a tourist visa, for example. There's transit visas if you're just going through a specific country. Sometimes you have to get a medical visa, a working holiday visa, student visa, work visa, family reunification visa, investment visa, um, official visa, like if you're a diplomat working as a representative, Uh, A refugee or asylum visa, digital nomad visa, retirement visa, pilgrimage visa for religious regions. There are a lot of different types of visas, but you will notice patterns in countries that they'll have similar type of categories for visas. Um, These are, I basically just listed out all the different types of visas, but more than likely you're going to fall into like a few specific type of categories. So I'm going to run through a lot of the typical type of visas that I've heard a lot of Um, just my friends getting a lot of visas that I've heard about and through research, just different visas that you can potentially get that might work for you. So the one visa that you might not have to pay for it yourself is going to be if you're getting a normal job, your employer would potentially pay for that visa for you. So calling all nine to fivers, this would be the type of visa that you would get if you are going to be hired Let's say you're an accountant and you are working at Deloitte. This would be the type of visa you're going to get. It's a working visa. A lot of countries around Europe are going to have this type of visa. So if you have an employer, this is basically the visa for you. So with this visa, a company will essentially sponsor you, which just basically gives the the company will give you a work contract and then you apply for the visa using that work contract. So a lot of the times that the company will pay for that, In some circumstances, they might ask you to pay for it or it will come out of your first year salary or um, in some circumstances, if they feel iffy, you might offer to pay for the visa. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But um, these type of working visas, it's yeah, basically the company, you get a job at a company and they decide to sponsor you and then you get the visa. Yeah, I will say a couple things on the normal working visas for if you have like a nine to five job, whatever it is, you're an accountant, you're a nurse, you... Um, 
yeah, anything kind of like that, you're going to need a normal working visa. So you need to first decide what type of job you want to go for, preferably something that you already have experience in because you want to be able to compete for that job. If you're trying to go for something in a completely different industry, a completely different type of job, like you would have a hard time finding a job like that in the States or whatever country you're in. So preferably you're going to want to go for something where you can really compete and be much better and stronger candidate for that role compared to all the local people, because you do have this extra hurdle in order to get the visa basically, um, and potentially like a language hurdle that you'll have to get over as well. So you want to make sure that you, it's something that you can compete in. So You want to decide what type of job you're going to go for. You need to tailor your resume and your LinkedIn to your international experience if possible and fit the local lingo if you're able to as well. So in your resume, maybe there's certain lingo that they use in that country that you want to add in. Or for example, if the education system on your resume, you talk about your GPA, but in that country that you're moving to, they call it something different, a scoring system or whatever they're going to call it, then you want to make sure you're having that local lingo. So that's something just to think about and kind of do a quick search on if you're interested. Um, you could also add open to work on LinkedIn in your desired country and apply for jobs at companies who are able to sponsor visas. Um, enter your visa name in blank country to see if you can find a list of companies that typically sponsor people or all of the list of potential sponsors, because those are the people, those are the companies that can sponsor you right then and there. If they have not sponsored someone before, they might have to register with the government to sponsor you. It might take a bit more of a process and they're not going to be familiar with the process. So it might potentially be a bit more difficult to find a job with them. So if the answer is no, they have not sponsored people in the past, that's not something that's typical. If you don't have any connections with that company, you don't have any relationships with them, then maybe it'd be better to apply for a different role or at least keep that in mind whenever you apply for the role. Um, So it's just going to be a little bit of an extra barrier of entry for you. Networking and the country for the job that you want would be huge. Be able to make connections with people. Um, Once you get a job offer and they agree to sponsor you, then that company will typically take care of the visa process from there. A lot of times they'll hire a lawyer and you'll go back and forth and they'll get it settled with you. So with a normal working visa, you can have a normal job visa, like a nine to five type of job. Or I've also seen nanny and au pairs getting jobs. So if you want to work as a nanny in another country, a lot of times in Europe, they call it au pairs. That could be something that'd be potential. A lot of times this does not normally lead to permanent residency or citizenship. So you need to keep that in mind. So I would just recommend Googling au pair jobs in blank country and find a company that handles these. Um, in addition, I would see if there are any au pair Facebook groups that you can join just to kind of get the lay of the land and see if there are any programs that people recommend and just kind of stories of what how other people have gone about that. Um, you could teach abroad you could do a teaching abroad visa. So if you want to teach English in another country, there are many programs that can help you along this process. So I'd recommend Googling teaching jobs in blank country and find a company that could handle a process like that. Um, You could also do an internship abroad. I've known a lot of people that have done this. I've done this. If you want to do an internship abroad, there are companies that can help you along this process as well. So you could always you could Google internships in blank country and see if you can find a company that handles these. Um, So normal working job, nanny au pair, teaching job, internships, those are all be working visas. And sometimes the company will pay for that. And sometimes you'll pay for that, but more likely it'll be covered by the company. 
Some other potential visas that you could get would be an entrepreneur visa. So do you want to start a business abroad? This visa could potentially be for you. Um, This could lead to permanent residency. So basically what to do for this would be to develop a business plan and follow the guidelines that are set by the country that you want to move to, follow their visa requirements. Um, You'll likely submit your business plan to some sort of government group for approval. So entrepreneur visa could be a really great option. Digital nomad visa. So some countries offer digital nomad visas where you're allowed to live and work digitally and legally in a country. It does not normally lead to permanent residency or citizenship, but again, on the permanent residency and citizenship, you're going to have to do research because different countries have different visa rules. And like, this is all speaking kind of generally. And as you look into different visas in different countries, you'll start to notice patterns. But you always want to be doing your research. And I would also, as a side note, make sure that you're always looking at the official government websites to look at visas because sometimes if you're looking at blogs, like they're going to be outdated. So definitely worth looking at the government's website to see the specific rules and make sure it's always up to date. So for a digital nomad visa, um, just make sure that your work aligns with the country's requirements and submit any proof of your work and income in your application. So digital nomad visa, that's quite new, obviously, digital nomads. Um, That's kind of new in the past few years, but there's a lot of newer digital nomad visas that are popping up. So there's definitely a lot of good options there. A student visa. So if you're wanting to be a student, if you're wanting to go to university or you're wanting to um, get your master's in a particular topic or get your MBA abroad, a student visa would be the way to go. So a student visa allows you to live in that country while you pursue a degree at a university. So, you know, if you thought about getting a master's degree or an MBA, this could be a really great way for you to get a foot in the door. And you can usually work for a few hours a week, still like 20 hours a week or something while you're studying. And this is a really great way to get work experience abroad and to open doors into potential relationships where you can get a longer working visa, make connections in the working world, in that industry, in that country, um, so that you could potentially get a full-time job afterwards. Um, A student visa does not normally lead to permanent residency or citizenship, but again, you're going to have to look into that. So for next steps for a student visa, you need to have one, decide what you want to study, and then do research on what universities have a program aligned with what you want to study and apply to those university programs that might be a good fit. You could get accepted to the school of your choice and then use that university acceptance to apply for a visa. So that's on a student visa. You can also get a tourist visa. So a lot of times for Americans, you don't actually have to get a tourist visa for a lot of countries. Sometimes you do, depending on the country, but most of the times you don't. For Europe, you don't need to get a tourist visa as an American. So some people work remotely in foreign countries on a normal, like you're technically on a normal tourist visa, but you don't have to like go get a visa, but you're just, it's basically like you're able to be there for a few months. So Basically, you automatically get this tourist visa whenever the immigration officer stamps your passport. So you don't have to get a working visa for this. So this would work for remote jobs. You know, you could basically work from three months to a year, depending on the country. If you're going to be in Europe, three months is how long you're allowed to be there. In the UK, you can be here for up to six months. This is kind of a gray area in immigration laws in many countries where technically you're not allowed to work while you're traveling abroad, but... I've done it in a couple countries, if I'm being honest. I think it's a great fit in the door. It's a great way to spend time in the country and solidify your decision that that's where you want to be and to be able to make some connections at potential companies that you could potentially work for. 
and how to do this, you literally just go, like literally just go. Um, and you can just travel and work in that country um, up to the max amount of time for that country. So just make sure you don't overstay that amount of time. Because especially if you want to move there longer term, you do not want to go over that max amount of time because you don't want to break any rules in that country if you're really wanting to live there longer term. Another potential visa is an investment visa. So if you have a big chunk of change, um, you could potentially invest in that country, like we're talking 200,000, 2 million available to invest, then you can get uh, an investment visa that's often called the golden visa that leads to permanent residency. Basically, in order to do this, you need to gather proof of your funds and then decide what investments you want to make in that country. If you're able to get that visa, props to you. I mean, congrats. That's really awesome. And then the last one would be an ancestry visa. So if your parents or grandparents were born in the country that you want to move to, then you might be able to get a visa or maybe you're able to get a passport in that country. So that could be something to look into. And basically the next steps for that would be to gather proof of your family lineage in the desired country and then basically submit this for your application. This was a lot of information um, on different types of visas. A lot of this probably won't apply to you because every person is probably going to fall into one of these specific categories. But yeah, there's lots of different options. There's a lot of different pathways that you can take. And I always kind of told myself, like, if I for some reason lost my job, I would get this visa. Like, there's just a lot of different types of visas. This is just kind of like the normal categories that you could potentially fit into. And a couple of other additional examples I thought of, like nanny, au pair, um, teaching abroad internships. Yeah, but most people will probably fall into the normal job visa, uh, potentially entrepreneur visa, digital nomad visa, and student visa, or tourist visa if you're just wanting to do a quick trip. Other than that, I mean, most of the time you just have to, you're a bit lucky because you have a lot of money to invest or you have ancestors in that country. Um, I did try to look, I think my family, my family's from Scotland and we have like all the lineage to prove that. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I can use that. Um, but it's like generations back. So I definitely was not qualifying for that. I think it has to, a lot of times it's your grandparent, um, like if your grandma or grandpa was from that country, like born in that country or your parents, then that would uh, work for you. But a lot of times it's not necessarily the case. I will also say with visas, like I say it's my love language and the bane of my existence because I have to have a visa to live here. Like it is my lifeline to be able to live here. And if for any reason my company got rid of me, I would have to find another company to sponsor me or a different visa. Otherwise I'd be kicked out of this country and out of my life, um, which is a little bit scary for me, but it is just something that like once it's done, you just don't really have to think about it. It's just like there in the background, but it doesn't really affect your life in any way, shape or form. Um, it's just kind of there sitting in the background. So once it's done, then you don't really have to worry about it. Again, a visa is just basically your hall pass for being able to live wherever you want to live. So it's nothing to be really afraid of. It's not, you don't really need to be afraid of the process and what all that needs to look like. Like it's just filling out a bit of paperwork. They just want to make sure that you're going to that if you're living there, you're going to be paying your taxes and just make sure that you're not a criminal. Like it's not anything super crazy. Um, it's just a bit annoying to have to deal with the paperwork, but it's not the biggest deal ever. I definitely would say it's useful to know about visas and to know what type of visa you need, but you need to focus your energy way more on knowing 
how you're actually going to move abroad. Like, are you going to start a business and be an entrepreneur? Are you going to find a nine to five job? Like what, how are you planning on moving abroad and what do you plan on doing? Are you going to be an au pair for a family, be a nanny? Um, because all those will have different types of visas. So I think it's useful to know about, but I wouldn't necessarily focus too much on it and go down the rabbit hole. I'd first figure out like what you want to do abroad. Um, and a lot of times I would think that it'd be what you're currently doing. Like if you are an accountant in Atlanta and you're working for Deloitte or whatever, then yeah, you're probably going to be an accountant and find a similar job in Europe or whatever country you're going to be in. So, um, yeah, I think that's everything for me on visas. Again, I wouldn't worry too much about visas. They are kind of an annoying thing to deal with, but they're very much in the background. I think that's everything for me. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Move Abroad podcast. And if you are considering moving abroad, I do have a free guide called the five exact steps to move abroad. It's on my website, the very top banner of my website. You really can't miss it. It's in black or you can find the link uh, to that on the description of this podcast episode. And other than that, if you want to leave a review for this podcast, then that would be very much appreciated. You can leave me a review if you're enjoying the podcast. And other than that, I think that's it for me. So thank you for listening to another episode of the Move Abroad podcast. I will see you again next week. Same time, same place.